this weekend, uh, the federal immigration minister, Mark Miller, uh, had an, uh, conducted an interview with CTV's question period. And lo and behold, uh, what did he say? He says that the federal government has lost control on immigration policy. Uh, in the case of Toronto, by the way, uh, they're adding about 20,000 people per month uh, to that region. Uh, significant numbers, of course. Uh, now, this all comes uh, about a month after the UK and Australia both acknowledged that they had also lost control of uh, the amount of students coming into their country and also on big immigration numbers. In fact, in the UK, they said they wanted to slash their immigration numbers from 672,000 to 300,000, essentially halving them. Australia saying the same thing in regards to international students. Uh, and uh, just recently, the National Bank's uh, economist Stéphane Marion and Alexandra Ducharme also said that the staggering population growth is stretching Canada's uh, absorptive capacity. Uh, they're not the only chief economists uh, for a variety of banks who have spoken up on this issue that is having a significant impact. Now, here in Canada this year, we're expecting about 485,000 immigrants to come to this country, 500,000 expected next year. That, of course, doesn't include the amount of international students and temporary foreign workers that come to this country. That's well over another million people, and that, many have said, has been the issue. But the fact that uh, our immigration minister this weekend, Mark Miller, acknowledged that we have lost control on immigration policy, being the federal government, I think says a lot. Joining me now is a good friend of this show, is Barge Jahan, co-founder and director of the Canada-India Education Society. Barge, welcome once again. Thank you. Good to be with you. Yes, I, I'm almost going to have to give you co-host credits very soon. We have you on so much. But, I mean, it's it's an issue that we need to talk about, and I'm glad uh, the minister acknowledged it. Your thoughts, first of all, on the minister actually saying this week, and it's, these are strong words. He says the federal immigration policy, and sorry, the federal government uh, specifically, has, quote, lost control on immigration policy. Those are pretty strong words. They are, and absolutely the federal government has lost control, uh, particularly the international student portion mm -hmm. with, you know, staggering numbers of uh, students are coming into the country. Many are ending up in private institutions, where especially in Ontario and in British Columbia in the last 10 years, the, the number of private institutions have multiplied many, many times over. And, um, and the federal government uh, does not have a good handle on what percentage of the international students are actually in these private institutions that are offering six-month programs or year programs, and then there's really, after that, there's really no future for these students to get permanent jobs here, mm -hmm. and that leads to other host of problems. Why do you think our government has been going down this route? I mean, one only has to look at when you allow that many people coming into the country in such a short period of time, it's going to have an impact on housing, it's going to have an impact on commuting. It's going to have an impact on our healthcare system. I just had Adrian Dix here uh, on this show uh, last week at this time talking about the significant growth. I think we had over 300,000 plus uh, people in the last two years who have joined British Columbia's MSP. Uh, we have significantly more people relying on healthcare as well. Why do you think our federal government has been going down this route? What do they know that we didn't know? I think there are two things going on. One is the federal government, the second is the provincial governments, particularly in British Columbia and Ontario. Starting about 20 years ago, there was this big push being made to pr privatize post-secondary education. 
And then the post-secondary private educators moved in, started building their programs, and, and the push came from them to allow more and more international students in. Then you had the COVID impact. I think the federal government was scared that Canadians are not going to return to work. So let's bring in more international students who become cheap labor. And then all of the restrictions on international students in terms of how many hours they could work in a week, those were lifted. From 20 hours to basically 40 hours full time. Well, actually, in reality, if you go, you can drive around in Metro Vancouver. There are international students working at two, three jobs, and they're working 80 hours a week. And many that are in private institutions, they're not focused on their studies. They are here to work, and they're hoping they're going to stay here one way or another. The other thing, so I think a lot of it is motivated by concerns around the GDP is not growing. We're not becoming more productive and efficient. And the federal government keeps on touting that international students bring in anywhere from about, you know, 28 to $32 billion into our economy. Uh, let's talk about the first issue. You talk about, you know, public sector and private sector schools. How much of this do you think has to do with the fact that international students pay more? And the argument has always been, well, they subsidize the local student. Uh, and then private institutions or public institutions have become so drunk on that money to the point that it's now literally subsidizing our public system that if those international students went away today, the entire public education system, we very close to post-secondary institution system, would be collapsing in regards to just budgets. You're absolutely right. There would be many number of universities and many community colleges. These are publicly funded bodies. Mm -hmm. They would be at risk of collapsing. In British Columbia, we have Kwantlen College and um, um, the uh, Langara College here, Kwantlen Polytechnic University and Langara College. Mm -hmm. they, uh, international students make up anywhere from about 35 to 40% of their enrollment. And, and they are at risk. They're relying on international students. In Ontario, you have community colleges where upwards of 90% of their operating budget comes from international student fees. Those are shocking numbers. So what has happened is Canada's respected, world-class, publicly funded post-secondary education system has been put at risk by the federal government and our provincial governments by allowing this massive number of international students coming in. And, not, and, the, and the provincial governments either capping or not increasing the grants that they give for domestic students to the, these institutions. Hmm. Uh, and I think we, we've done one segment on that where uh, I think it was this year that uh, the amount of dollars coming from international students into the public college system in Ontario will uh, be more than what the provincial government puts into the college system. So that's how drunk we have become collectively as a society on international students subsidizing our public system. You brought up the issue of Langara and Kwantlen uh, University. Um, I have a report here from the British Columbia Federation of Students done a few months ago. Uh, and for a four-year Bachelor of Business Administration, or BBA, uh, the cost for Langara, for an international student's international tuition, would be $61,000, or roughly $16,000, sorry, $66,000 per year, for four years, which roughly about $16,000 uh, yearly. And for Kwantlen, uh, it comes out to 
uh, sorry, $93,000 for a four-year degree for an international student, of which that means 23000 per mm. year for this international student, uh, compared to what you would pay locally would be significantly less. So you can see when you got 30%, 35% of your student body that is international student, and they're paying rates like this, you can see why the system becomes uh, so heavily reliant uh, on these international students. Um, you and I were talking during the break. Uh, you said you had uh, saw a report or you saw some story, and, and most of the international students, let's be honest, comes from China and India, yes. predominantly India recently. In the last little while, I think India, the last couple of years, has surpassed every other country. But you were looking at a report, I think it was out of the Indian Express newspaper? It's in the Indian Express, and the this is a study done by three re- researchers from the Punjab Agricultural University. Uh-huh. It's a first of this type of study ever done in Punjab on immigration. And the study uh, was undertaken in 44 villages, 22 districts, and I think they looked at about 9,000 households. So what the study concluded is that uh, for 43% of the families that want to get their kids out of India, destination is Canada. Canada is number one destination. Every family has had to sell assets and borrow money. The average student to get a student permit is spending between thirty and forty thousand dollars just to get the permit to be able to come to Canada. Okay. And there are many who are coming illegally and they're spending well over fifty thousand dollars a year just to be able to come to Canada. So that cost would be immigration consultants, travel, everything? Uh, the study did not c- clarify that. Yeah. I'm assuming that would include uh, recruiters, their fees, immigration consultants, and this is all unregulated in India. And it is highly unregulated here in Canada as well. And these are, uh, at the end of the day, working class, poor families trying to get their kids to Canada. And that's a lot of money. The study did uh, uh, outline or highlight that uh, more than 50% of the students coming out are from low economic uh, uh, economically uh, capable families. Hmm. So it's the poor, and the poor are having to sell. Uh, they're, they're assets, and when the kids come here, they're vulnerable to fraud, abuse, and all of that, which we, which is going on. Welcome back to the show. I'm talking to Bart Dehan, co-founder and director of the Canada Education Society. We're talking about Immigration Minister Mark Miller acknowledging uh, our immigration system has lost, uh, that the federal government has lost control of our immigration policy. Uh, you know, this all comes after the UK and Australia both acknowledge they're heading in the wrong direction as well and have already announced that they're going to cut back significantly on immigration, not just students, but immigration itself. Uh, Here, we're not sure what it looks like. Uh, Barge, I'm very curious. You know, if we're letting in a million students a year, what does a a reset in our immigration policy in your mind look like? We're still allowing 485,000 people to come to this country in 2024. 2025, it hits 500,000. But add to that, of course, temporary foreign workers and students. Now you're over a million, million two. How do we fix this system? What's the reset in your mind? Well, the other thing that we have to add is the refugees and the asylum seekers. There's probably another 100,000 there as well. Hmm. The one other thing that we don't know is how many students or what percentage of students when their visas, when when their study permits expire and their temporary work permits expire, how many actually stay, continue to stay here Mm -hmm. underground and 
what percentage actually goes back to their home countries. What does the reset look like? I personally, you know, I have read many reports. Uh, different people have different perspectives on it. I think, you know, the, the immigration levels at $500,000. Let's assume that's the number. Yeah. Maybe Canadians can live with this. It's the international students and the temporary foreign workers. That number is too high. If there was a reset, I think it needs to be done over a period of time. If you do a cut of 50%, many institutions are going to go under. That's exactly what I was thinking. I'm not too worried about the private sector ones, to be very honest. I don't think most of the public would care. But our public sector, probably colleges, public sector colleges, it's not even university. It's the colleges I worry about that become so reliant on that international student dollar. It's colleges throughout BC. I think we have uh, 11 or uh, 12 uh, publicly funded colleges. I would say good half of them would have difficulty keeping operations going if all of a sudden students stopped coming. If there was a cut of 50% over a period of a year to two years, maybe that's enough of a transition period to scale down and manage. What we really need long-term in terms of education and so on is more provincial investment in our public institutions. We need to strengthen our public institutions and not be relying so much on international students. Yeah, it's a problem that started many years ago, but it's just, it's become something government's also been addicted to, which is they're paying more, it subsidized the system, let's keep it going. And now it's on steroids and we've completely lost control. And so I hope 2024 is the year that we finally are able to turn things around. Arj, as always, thanks for your time. Thank you for having me. 